What is up, everybody? Welcome back to a Tuesday. Tuesday means one thing, Orion Podcast. I'm Chad Brock. And I'm Zach Bailiff. Welcome. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Microphone's like really out of place, and I can't get it back to where I want it. You can't Dear figure it out. Uh, uh, no, not there. really, because mine kind of stays in the same spot. Mine was in the same spot, and then I moved everything on my desk to drag a boat across it, and yeah. I've not made it back to the right place since That's that the, time. It's, it's the problem with the the podcast table and the uh, the workspace being prepared. the same. Well, it was for that one day because it was blistering cold. I'll get it eventually. I really don't like it in my screen there. It's always just kind of out of the screen. I don't know. It's bothering me. It's just one of these things. I know nobody at home cares. I care. If you're watching it live, I definitely, I hope you care if you're watching it live. If you're listening to it on the audio version, you definitely don't care where my microphone's at because you can't see it. So this is the Orion Podcast. We were just doing a big movie review, actually, before we started. <laughs> so it, Zach is indifferent on the movie Oppenheimer, just so you guys at home know. I loved it. But it was, uh, it was fine. It's indifferent. You were indifferent. Let's be honest. You were indifferent. Meh. Meh. Give, it, give it your rating. Give it your five-star rating in the comments. Let us know what you thought. Of the movie Oppenheimer, five being you loved it, one being you hated it. If you've seen it, rate it. Rate it in the comments. We want to know what you guys thought. Yeah. Yeah. That's all we, that's all we had, really. It wasn't good. <laughs> I liked it. That's, that's fine. I, I learned some things. You learned some things. Yeah. I thought Albert Einstein was older. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, I mean, you kind of you kind of think he's older than he really was, but in the forties, yeah, like, yeah, he must have lived like two hundred years. I was like, dude, he must have like lived forever. <laughs> mm. Weird things that you don't think about because you don't really. I don't know. I didn't pay enough attention at school. That's why I'm doing. That's why I'm hosting the Orion podcast because <laughs> I didn't pay enough attention in school. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't spell, so they let me do a podcast so I can trip over my own words and all that fun stuff. Yeah, why not? Why not? Why not? What's good out? To, what's that good out in the PA? 
Uh, felt like spring today at 43 degrees. It was almost shorts weather. Almost. Yeah, that is shorts weather here. You know that. Got to get out the winter shorts when it's 43. Yeah. I did put the winter shorts up because we attended the Indianapolis boat show the other day and it snowed like five inches. So you guys got more than we did. It was a rogue snow. Like two hours and it was like five inches. Ours is is pretty well melted off. We had about three inches, but. Yeah. It didn't take long. It was like 60 today, so it's definitely yeah. all gone now. Good old Indiana weather. Midwestern flow. For sure. For yeah, sure. Yeah. No, I'm I'm hoping that was the last of it. Jesse says, what are winter shorts? Well, let me educate you <laughs> before we start this fine podcast tonight. Winter shorts are any type of shorts that you wear from 32 degrees to... I'm going to call it 40. I'm going to call it 50 degrees. 32 to 50 degrees constitutes winter shorts. Actually, let's go ahead and say anything below 50 degrees is winter shorts. I think that's fair. That's 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 Midwestern. That's about as Midwestern as you can get. That's fair. The dog thinks it's time to play. She's escaped. Um, What's up, Wyatt? Good to see you. We wear shorts all year round. That's Florida. You're supposed to wear shorts all year round, but you guys get like winter coats out when it's 70. Yeah, that's true. Well, nobody wears a winter coat up here when it's 70. That's like sleeveless t-shirt weather. Yeah, 100%. Especially in like the next six to eight weeks. Like if it touches 70, it's like pools open. Yeah, pools open. That's a really good way to put it. We don't have winter pools. I guess people have started ice bathing. So I guess that could be your winter pool. Yeah. Makes sense. Logistically, not, it works. Not started yet. I've thought about it. I've thought about it. And then I thought of how cold it'd be. And then I wasn't going to get Yeah, but it's only three minutes. I can handle yeah, it. I mean, I'm all down with winter shorts, but I don't know that I'm ice bathing. <laughs> <laughs> Cold water's where he draws the line. Cold water's where I draw the line. (laughs) The pool water was cold, as George said. He did. He did. He did. Shrinkage. (laughs) Pool water. (laughs) We're off on a good one tonight. I can already tell. So our guest tonight is a good guest. I think she is. I'm going to preface this and say, she she does things very, very well. She keeps it clean. She stays out of the drama. She seems like an all-around really great person. I'm excited to get to know her just a little bit more through this little podcast tonight. And I think you guys will be too. Somebody that you guys have seen and probably follow online, especially if you like fishing. So the one, the only, Snooky Fishing. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. I lost the button. Thank you for being here. So how is the weather out where you are? We got to start with the weather question. It's only feasible. It's cold, but I like cold weather. Winter shorts? (laughs) Winter shorts. Where do you stand on winter shorts? I mean, I'm down. 
That's fine. <laughs> well, you know. It's... I don't think you answered Wyatt's question, though. You gave him a temperature range, but you didn't exactly explain the difference between regular shorts and winter shorts. No, I didn't. They're the exact same shorts. You just wear them in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> It is what it is. I, <laughs> Mystery solved. I hope this. I hope we get tagged on Google and YouTube for that. Like winter shorts. Like somebody's going to be like, "What are winter shorts?" Looking it up, and then it looks like it's going to ping the podcast. This will podcast will get like a hundred thousand views just because of winter shorts. <laughs> it's going to make it. It's going to make it. Winter viral. shorts could be like what? <laughs> I would agree with that. Yeah, maybe a little thicker. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Be. Maybe they're flannel pants that have been cut off into jorts. Yeah, those are too thin, though. You think so? Well, no, yeah, I'm not yeah. saying like the flannel line, like the jeans and the khakis. <laughs> that, that's different. I think I'm more. <laughs> maybe you like. Maybe you lumberjack it and you roll them up. So, like the plaid shows on the inside. Oh, man. Those are this Canadian episode got derailed really fast tonight. Canadian winter shorts. Oh man, no, mm -hmm. those those are denim. Canadian tuxedos, <laughs> denim on denim on top and denim on bottom. The denim with the plaid rolled up on the in, outside is Canadian winter shorts, and the American version is khaki with the plaid rolled up on the outside. And they're only. <laughs> Only worn. We're going to take that since they're plat, since they're flannel lined. We're going to take that from forty degrees on down to the teens. Oh man, uh, they're lined. They're like lined. The high boots. So boots you've changed the game. Yeah, yeah. Muck, muck boots are acceptable. Muck boots. Uh, regular steel-toed work boots too. Complete the look. Yeah, yeah. yeah complete the look. So. Snooky, one question that we ask everybody that comes to the Orion podcast, um, and this is how we start every one of them. Tell us a little bit about you and life growing up and kind of how the outdoors came into your life. Um, what brought you to fall in love with being outside? Okay. So it's a little bit of a hard story, but there's a light at the end of the tunnel, I promise. Um, growing up in my Mickey Mouse diaper, yes, running around the pond, having a good time, uh, always went fishing with my mom and my dad. My dad loved to bobber fish for catfish at the pond, and mom was out there cranking, trying to catch a bass. Um, we usually went with like my grandparents on my mom's side. So my papa did a lot of the teaching of like, this is how you use this lure, this is what you do with this fish and conservation and all the fun things that I've learned growing up, up to what I am now. Um, in 2014, he passed away. And this is kind of how I think things started to come together for me is I needed to find a way to deal with that grieving because I was beside him when he passed away in hospice. And it was really difficult. It was the first time in my early 20s that I had you know, lost someone that I truly loved and then watching the whole process of like what it does to a family, um, the financial burdens, the figuring out like, you know, you walk back into your grandparents house and you call out for your papa and he's not there and seeing all his stuff. It was just a really weird mix of 
rough emotions that I went through. Um, so I decided one day, I said, I have two options, Lord. Like I could either go up or I can go down. And unfortunately, I was on the way going down the hill and I needed to get up. So I decided to go back to Echo Lake, which was the pond that my papa used to take me to and my family. And just sat there one day in the parking lot crying in the car, which is so bad. But, you know, I knew that that's not what he wanted for me. So I kept going there and, and kept trying because I was like, I need to find a way out of this. And then one day I decided, hey, I'm going to go walk around the pond. And then the next week I'm like, hey, you know, what? I'm just going to take that rod and I'm, I'm going to try it. And I ended up catching a fish and I cried my eyes out and was like, OK, I can do this. Like, this is where we're going. So I ended up getting an Instagram account, starting that up, um, was at the time working for leadership and development courses and coordinating that for the government and like had a big corporate job and was really proud of myself, but just was still really empty inside and decided, Hey, I'm going to start fishing and I'm going to start posting about it. And I'm going to tell people like, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to question whether today is the day I want to get out of bed or, you know, what am I going to do with my life? That's okay you will get out of it. And I think nature was the reason that I pulled out of it along with my faith and, you know, knowing that that's not what my papa wanted for me. That's really, that is the, I like it though. That's, I'm sure he's yeah, looking down sorry. and smiling <laughs> on that one. No, that's great. No, that, that's a good, no, that's yeah. an awesome story. So how did you, how did you make the turn? Like from just fishing, you start the Instagram page and like, where did it, how did it take off? Like that you kind of wanted to get out of the, the corporate grind and maybe start working your way into the industry in some capacity. I think like the red lights kind of thing for me was, Whenever we would have those classes, we would have to stand up and introduce ourselves as staff. And then everybody in that course would say one thing about themselves. And when I would say that one thing about me, you guys probably don't realize is I love fishing. The reactions I got on people's faces of like that girl, because I was in a business suit, you know, I looked very professional and was, you know, carried myself well and, and did the best I could to help everyone that was in the course. So I think they just didn't picture me in camo. Or me out like with my nails not done and all muddy and just, you know, doing the outdoor life. And that kind of resonated with me. It was like, hey, you know, it doesn't matter what you look like. You can fish no matter what you're doing because fishing can affect anyone and everybody in whatever light that you allow it to. Um, so that's kind of when I started really like posting heavy because I was proud of it. I was kind of proud to be that girl that, you know, broke the stereotype. Um, and when that took off on Instagram, I was like, okay, maybe I can start doing this on a higher capacity. Maybe I can start opening up a little bit more about myself and growing as a person while I help others grow. And while I help others understand that they can to whatever they're going through, turn to nature and possibly have a better outcome like I did. No, that's, that's phenomenal. Um, so in doing that, like, how did you, how did you grow your social? Like, what are some of the tips and tricks that maybe you tried and, you know, did in order to get everything to, to grow to the magnitude that it has for you today? 
That is a very good question because the algorithm has changed so much from the time that I started. Um, but a lot of it was just like being authentic and really understanding the concept of like what I wanted to share with people and how I wanted to impact them. So a lot of times when I would post, it would be like, okay, it's not just about this amazing fish that I caught or the fact that I am now on this pro staff team or that pro staff team. I didn't want to just be like what I call braggadocious. You know, I wanted to kind of say, hey, like you can do it too. And I really wanted to include my community. And I think that doing so kind of helped people understand that I was not just a girl that fished. I was a resource and being a resource for other people and like leaving that door revolving. If I couldn't do something, um, whether it was an event or maybe I didn't have the time to do a podcast or to go to um, a show or whatever the case may be, I always left that door open. And I was like, hey, I know somebody else who would love an opportunity to go. And I think that that really helps build my Instagram because it, it was no longer just about Snooki. It was about Snooki and my friends and my family and my story and their stories and their success. And I think that really was kind of like what made me different. I don't, I really don't know the answer to it, but I, I see, I feel like that's what it is. And I see when I do things with collaborations or helping uplift other people that it makes my platform bigger, but it also helps give me opportunities to give to others. Hmm. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. It, uh, I mean, the, the authenticity is a big one. Uh, you can, you can really sift through some of the stuff out there and tell who's, you know, being fake and kind of putting on a show and not being real with their audience. And it, I mean, a lot of times they still have the numbers behind them and their social, but then, you know, may necessarily not either not be organic numbers or even real people. You know, a lot of times we all know there's accounts out there, you know, buying followers and whether the bots or this or that and the other. And you can, you can really, pick those accounts out through the engagement ratios and stuff like that. And I'm sure you really see that reflected in your numbers because of the authenticity that you give your audience and how relatable you are for a lot of those folks. Yeah. But I also don't judge it so much on numbers. I, I should, because I'm in marketing, but I like to like really dig deep into someone's profile and say, you know, I think it's quality versus quantity. If you have a hundred thousand mm -hmm. followers, good for you. You've worked hard for it. But there again, too, like, it depends on who's following you because it doesn't matter. Like you said, if you have a bunch of bots following you, you're not going to get a return on sales. So that hurts you or you're mm -hmm. not going to get a bigger reach to do charity work or whatever the case may be. Like whatever your goal is, it's, it's, it is a numbers game, but then again, it isn't. Um, right. If that makes any sense. Oh yeah. No, it makes For perfect sure. sense. But we, we all see that, I think, um, in that space as far as growing, especially today, you know. And I think one thing that I've kind of told some of our people is, you know, the engagement is really what's driving a lot of those numbers now. So when you can see that engagement, you can get in there and have genuine interactions, you start to see those numbers climb because it's almost like right now they want that engagement to make things go. I think that adds to the authenticity, which is neat. Um, so as we move forward here, 
I got to say, following you all these years, I have been impressed with the way you have conducted yourself. Um, you, you hit the nail on the head, inclusion and bringing your friends in and along with you. And I think that's one of the awesome things that you have done um, along with you. You keep it very clean. You keep it very fun. It's not just fishing, though. It's, it's several things. Your dogs. Let's talk a little bit about the dogs. Because you've trained these dogs. Kind of give us a little bit on the process, like why why you brought the dogs in and how they came into your life and you know what those what they do for you on a daily basis. I don't know if you have enough time in this podcast for that. <laughs> no, Anytime anyone mentions fun. my dogs, we're ready. Here's one of them right here. This is Harbor. <laughs> <laughs> and she is a child shepherd lab pit boxer mix that I rescued when she was six weeks old. She was on a backcountry road. And Willow and I were coming back from fishing with Uncle Brucey's, what I call them around the dogs. Um, and I found her. I thought she was a baby black bear. And I was like, well, let me be that good Samaritan and pull over in a 55 zone and try not to get hit by cars, but save this little bear and push it across the road or do whatever I thought that I could do. Um and I ended up picking her up and taking her home. We tried to find who she belonged to. And despite all my efforts with the local vet and charities and all this, she ended up staying with me. And we named her Harbor. Um, and my other dog is Willow. And both of them are trained to do multiple tasks, whether it's coming out on the kayak with me and having a good time, being boat security, out cobia fishing, or if she's working a fishing show, helping me with uh, medical things that aren't fun, but she's very good at what she does. Very cool. That uh, does go a long way. I know that's fine. Hey, we can interview her too. If she wants to get up there. <laughs> uh, yeah. My dog was talking a while ago and she was, she was mad at the front door. Um, very mad at the front door. She didn't know it was podcast night, but no, we're both avid dog lovers. Zach's wife, Lacey, um, she's big on rescue dogs. No, Zach. Yeah. I mean, we've got a couple that, uh, we've had over the years that were that way. And then the current dog I have was a stray that just kind of showed up at the shop one day when I was at work and she kind of attached herself to me the rest of the day and rode around the machinery with me and stuff and ended up taking her home and we were going to find her a home and then she just never left. So <laughs> she's been... That was 2016. So. Time, <laughs> oh yeah, she's been she's been the best dog for sure. You just can't you just can't beat the passion and the love that a dog has for a person. I'm sorry. No. Some of them are better no. than people. Some of them oh, are yeah. better than people. It's just part of it. Sorry if mm -hmm. you're not a dog person, you're really messing out. <laughs> if you're listening. This is what it is. So you, you brought up Bruce. Let's talk about Bruce, Uncle Bruce, your fishing partner. How did you come to find, how did you guys connect? Is it a fan? It was he a family friend. I mean, how did you guys get to know each other and like develop a relation, this fishing relationship that a lot of us through social have seen. And it's, it, you guys have a lot of fun out on the water. We really do. So I could embarrass Bruce and say it was a Craigslist ad, but you know, it is Uncle <laughs> Brucey. I can't do that to him. 
Um, I, it all goes back to Papa. Um, it was like his one year death anniversary. And although nature had helped me through the process, it's something that I'm never going to get over, you know? Um, so I just, you know, reached out to a couple of friends on Facebook and said, Hey, uh, I need some help. I'm struggling mentally, you know, physically, I'm not doing good. Can't eat much. My emotions are all upset and I need to find a way to not sit at that grave on his one year death anniversary. So they went mm-hmm. through, it was an online kayak group and they went through a couple guys and I was like, look, do not give me a guy that's just going to sit there and talk politics all day or be a big flirt. Like I just, I'm in my feels that I just need to fish and just have a good day on the water. They ended up finding Bruce. So I drove to the boat ramp and there's Bruce and that's, that's it. Like he was a complete stranger that someone else connected me to. And he has been my best friend in the industry since like, he's not my grandpa. He's not related to me in any way, but I've adopted him as family. And fishing's good about that. You know, my wife, just to kind of flip this from the male's perspective, my wife still gets weird about me going and meeting strange people at dark boat ramps to go kayak fishing or fishing. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, where did you meet them at? Do stuff. you know these people? Do you met them on? Have you ever met them before? No. 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 Yeah. Are you worried it's about it? Weird. No. No. <laughs> no. But it's like you go fishing and then your best friends know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we just had like a really awkward experience at first because I believe it or not despite anything that my social media seems like i'm very much an introvert and i'm very shy it takes me a long time to warm up to people um i put it on when i have to for my business but it's it's not as easy mm-hmm. as it looks and with bruce it just seemed to be easy like he just gave me this sense of like hey you're safe and to find that in people nowadays is really hard but he puts the boat in and i'm like okay you know i'm calling him Mr. Callis at this point, because I've known him all mm-hmm. of 10 minutes. It's raining. We're getting ready to go fish the tournament. I had never fished a tournament before. I did not know anything. Like, I'm just out there completely blind. And and the boat is filling up with water. And so, you know, it, it makes me look like a dumb blonde. But whatever. We can save those jokes for another day when we're closer. But bottom line is, I'm sitting there and I'm like, why is this boat filling up with so much water? So I finally just... Like, all right, you got to ask somebody. I'm the only girl there at the boat ramp. I'm like, all right, come on, you can do this. Just ask somebody. And I'm like having that whole conversation in my head. And I finally look at Bruce and I was like, Mr. Callis, um, I'm really sorry, sir, but your boat's filling up with a lot of water. I don't think it's raining that hard. And he's like, oh, crap, I didn't put the plug in. (laughs) So next thing I know, like all these guys are running over. They're trying to help him. I mean, it was a complete cluster. And you know, I'm really glad that he didn't make fun of me, but he, he tells the story so much better than I do. But looking back on it now, I'm like, why didn't I just speak up sooner? I put this poor man through so much to try to get his boat at this point. Like, it's it's a little crawdad. I mean, half of it was underwater, you know, but it's, it's those memories that I will keep with me forever, you know, and it, it helped be the icebreaker to our friendship. Oh, yeah. No, I think we've all forgotten to put the plug in the boat. <laughs> some of us some... forgot to strap the boat down 
<laughs> some some of us have flat landed the John boat to the to the concrete yeah, on the boat ramp. Flat landed a John boat on the concrete boat ramp in the middle of God and everybody. <laughs> I've done it with a kayak too now. So there's that. Yeah. Well, yeah. there was the time you lost the kayak Absolutely. going down the highway. I mean, we've we've got a lot of stories. Yeah, I've lost the kayak down the highway. <laughs> and I have been with somebody and like the I same know. story that you're telling. You need to hear the kayak in the highway. <clears throat> I, I got we were pretty new to kayak fishing at that point. Yeah, we were really we were really green at that point. Serica early 2013, uh, 14, yeah, 12. <clears throat> but yeah, I put the kayak in the back of the truck and it was a truck bed adventure and i strapped it down of course i had older straps where i'd been like riding dirt bikes and different things like that so these straps had like seen their day and i get to the stoplight and i'm like i'm gonna take off real quick and i'm just like I'm ready to get home it's get it's dark and all of a sudden it's just boom and the kayak as a whole comes out in the middle of like a four-lane highway at this stoplight and it's just me and there's a semi coming i don't think it was like one of those incredible hulk moments where you don't really realize what you do till after you did it but i picked the whole kayak up and it was like a big ascend 12 footer 96 pounds dry weight is what those 96 pounds dry i pick it up throw it in the truck and then get off the road and somehow get it before the semi gets to me so (laughs) it just happened it wasn't proud moment by no means it was quite embarrassing actually <laughs> but somehow i got it picked up i don't remember it you were playing There's frog that. around the basically yeah with a kayak was, yeah with a kayak it was it was a moment it was a scared moment when you see a big semi coming it's like oh gotta go <laughs> the john boat uh, i don't know if you call that zach's fault or my fault but neither one of us strapped the john boat down and i was in it and he went ahead and pulled up the ramp. And as he pulled up the ramp, I went back. And yeah, just so you went right you on. went off the side because we had to bend the fender back up off the tire. It was a it was a moment. Oh, no. It was a moment. Yeah, and the rope rope broke on the kayak, and it fell falls off in the middle of the boat ramp. That actually it was my boat, but I so there is there's that. It wasn't my rope. Lots of boat ramp stories. Too many, too many. There's always good boat ramp stories. I don't care who you are. Boat ramp stories are a dime a dozen. You can write a book. (laughs) That'd be a good coffee table book, Snooky. Boat ramp stories from the boat ramp. Boat ramp stories. (coughs) So if you're looking for a next adventure, if you're looking for a next adventure, just just mention me somewhere in the after pages. Boat ramp coffee table book. It'd be a good uh, one. We know a guy now <laughs> with Maybe a publishing we'll company. <laughs> so <clears throat> you meet Bruce and like you guys are you guys are fishing in the in the John boat, the crawl dad, and like everything's taken off. I mean, you guys are like how did you transition to kayak? I know our story is a little bit different, but I'd love to hear your story on how you how you guys ended up with Vibe and and doing the kayak things that you guys are doing now. So I think for me it was kind of like a sense of independence. 
um, I didn't want to lose my relationship or the time that I had with Bruce on the crawdad because that crawdad holds so many memories for us. Um, and I was in a way kind of spoiled because he would run the trolling motor and I sat in the front of the boat and I got to do all the fishing while he's battling the wind and, you know, helping teach me everything that he has over the years. So I was like, you know, Bruce, I think it's time. Like, it's almost like taking the training wheels off of a bike. You know, I felt like I needed that sense of independence to get out and start fishing. So he was kind enough to take the crawdad out and my vibe kayak out and we would fish the same pond together. And he would just kind of show me like, okay, this is how you battle the wind. This is what you do. Um, this is how you uh -huh. cast. And just like the very basic one-on-one things that he taught me. Um, moving forward with, all the things that I'm dealing with medically, it was a great way to work on all my core skills of like balance, hand-eye coordination, all the little things that we really take for granted every day that we don't realize can be jeopardized whenever you have medical issues. So it was kind of those two things of just like building my self-esteem and my confidence on the water and becoming more independent as a lady angler, but also too like building my personal life and the things that it did uh -huh. to benefit me. And it was an opportunity to get the dogs out too. Absolutely. That's, uh, do you, how much do you value the kayak now as far as making it a connection to being outside and being on the water? That kayak is literally like a therapist. I mean, I can have the worst day, whether it's work stressing me or um, maybe just not feeling the best or having any kind of doubts that social media management can bring you um and you know, just take uh -huh. that kayak and go put in at a farm pond it's been the day where you just like you know it's maybe too too cold out to really tan but you roll your pants legs up anyways and you just sit there and let the wind push you around and just listen to nature whether it's the birds singing or the sound of the wind coming through those lines on the back of your kayak it is better than any kind of therapist that i could ever think of that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Like some days when you're out there and you know you're you know your fishing's kind of wrapped up, either it's getting slow or it's <clears throat> you just kind of something catches you and you just hit this moment of relaxation. But my gosh, sometimes it's just nice to sit there and just breathe it in while you float. And then other times it's really cool too because you just sit there and you're you're all relaxed and all of a sudden you see something breaking on the water and it's like an adrenaline rush and you're just ready to go. Oh yeah, a hundred percent, hundred percent. So, kayak fishing obviously is is become a big part for you as far as the therapy goes. What are some of the other things, well, let's back up. I want to touch on this first. You talked about being, and I understand this because I think we both too resemble it in our own way being a little bit of an introvert, but also, you know, we're out there, we're doing these different things, but it's really nice to be like, sometimes when we're at home, I know Zach and I are very much the same way. When we're at home, we're at home. We like, it's kind of like we shut down, we're there. How hard is it sometimes to turn it back on and get back out there? Do you ever find that it's like one of those things where you're just like, you have to take a deep breath, look at it, and then just go, okay, just kind of gear yourself back up for it? 
Now, when you say go back at it, are you, there's many hats that I wear. So are you asking like working a show, getting on a podcast like yeah, this getting, or working any kind of a, well, I would just say, on the water? I would say like public appearance. Let's go with public appearance, podcast shows that I think they kind of maybe line up just a little bit in, in that space. Um, but just getting back to the grind, like, you know, we kind of have our winter time where we get, you know, maybe a little bit from November to kind of maybe that first week in January before everything really starts to cycle back. And it's kind of nice to have that comfortable time between November and January where we're not out in the public eye. Um, how do you get geared back up to go back out into the public eye after being at home for those that little bit of time? Maybe that's the better way to word the question. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> um, that's a very humble question, too, because I feel like it depends on, you know, kind of like what's going on in the world. Um, for me, I'm on social media 24 7 because it's not just snooky fishing. My dogs also have their own brand and their own sponsors and influencer work. But I also work for Take Me Fishing and do things with them and run their social media. So, for me, I run through probably anywhere from 50 to 120 conversations a day across all the platforms. So that that's my normal job all day, talking, fishing, talking to people, motivating them, helping them answer questions, connecting them to the right blog, whatever the case may be. So to take that from a virtual aspect and then be in person as an introvert is kind of hard. And one way that I deal with it is just, you know, hey, I've got to take a break. Like I know my first four hours, I'm good. I'm smiley, giggly. We're laughing. We're joking. But then you can see, all right, Snooki's starting to tank a little bit. She's not as talkative. She's starting to get in her shell and be a little more quiet or she's kind of like in the background of things. And that's just the time that I take for myself, whether that's using Harbor. <laughs> I'm telling all my secrets, but using Harbor is that, oh, I'm so sorry. Like she has to go to the bathroom. We'll be back and just take a minute outside because, you know, being in nature is where I feel safe and comfortable um, and taking advantage of that or maybe setting break times on my phone. Like, okay, it's been two hours. Like, let's go sit down, have a drink, eat some snacks and then, you know, get out the show office and go back on and put your smile on and go do things for people. And it's not that I know that makes me sound very, um, I don't know what the right word is, but it's not, it doesn't make me sound very nice. Um, but it's because I care. It's because when someone tells me a story of like, well, I went fishing with my dad and my dad passed away and now I'm teaching my son how to fish or my daughter. And, you know, I take on those emotions and I carry it and I'm a very faithful person. So if I say that I'm thinking of you or praying for you, I truly am. Um, and I think, being an introvert, that just makes it 10 times harder because you want to be there for everybody and you want to build that community in fishing because in a sense, I feel like I owe the fishing community because of all the things that they've done for me over the years. Like by no means did I get to where I am today by myself. Like I will never take full credit for it. It's always been somebody believing in me, standing by me, helping me, whether that was in the beginning, my parents until I made the friends in the industry. And now I've got my family, my friends, and my online community. Um, but I just think that that's, that's part of it. So trying to balance that as an introvert, like I said, breaks, breaks are my number one go-to. Occasionally I'll get caught with my headphones in my ears, listening to some music just to hype me back up to where I need to be. But I think that 
it all comes down to just being true to who you are as a person. I don't want to ever be fake to somebody. Like if you meet me, you know, watch my social media and then you meet me in person, I want it to match. And, you know, I'm human. So there's going to be days where maybe I'm not as bubbly or, or maybe I have like a resting face and it's kind of hard to read me or whatever the case may be. But bottom line is the core needs to be the same and the heart needs to be the same. So if I'm going to help you online, then I'm going to help you in person too. Yeah. hundred percent. Like being, being that for lack of a better term on and engaged with people when you're at shows and stuff can be, can be really exhausting. I know after, you know, a two or three day show when I'm there working something like that, when I come home, I'm ready to just not talk for a couple days and it's just <clears throat> more or less just need to recharge the batteries. And, you know, it's like you, you mentioned just being engaged with people online, you know, throughout the day, every day. I mean, Chad and I do a lot of the same stuff in, uh, in our own, you know, respective industries. And as I kind of perceived as being on our phones all the time, but we are, we're engaged in conversations and trying to help people and, you know, carry on marketing duties for the companies we work for. But there's, there's times you've just got to put it down and walk away and go do something else for a little bit, kind of clear your head and then, and then recharge and come back to it. And I, I think it's phenomenal that you take breaks at the show because it, it, that is a long day. And it's, I think if, if you've never worked a show um, of any type to understand what these people at the shows, whether they're, you know, they're promoting their businesses, number one, which is their heart and soul. Uh, But number two, just the physical wear that a show brings on a person, not only like Stucky said, it's that, it's that, you know, being able to connect with you on a personal level just for those few moments that you interact, but it's also your body. Like your feet are ate up by the time a show's over. I mean, you can blow through shoes like it's going out of style at a show. Um, just a different thing. So I think that taking a break and just kind of walking away, getting some water, making sure you're, that your self care is good is super duper important. Well, the Something trick is I wish the trick. I had done early on. The trick is to drink a lot of water, so you have to take frequent bathroom breaks. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever had one of those? I'm more of a sweet tea show? girl. I don't do that. <laughs> oh, sweet tea, hundred percent. Yeah, have you? I, I grew up on sweet tea. I, water was what? Water? You drink that stuff? Now, have you ever had one of those moments yeah, where you're talking to people, <laughs> and you can like? feel your mouth just like your throat deep down in your throat just all of a sudden is just dry and it's like oh yeah if i don't get a bottle of water i'm going to die we were drinking water like crazy at ata and the whole first two days dude my mouth was just constantly dry i couldn't drink enough it was wild so much talking so miss bridget valet i think for me has a question Go ahead. Go ahead. We'll get to the question in a minute. (laughs) Sorry. It's our fault. So question from the audience. Miss Bridget wants to know, how many shows a year do you do? Because you always seem busy. Depends on the year. But I've had about 35 a year. Easily. And then I also help run a tournament trail at home. So on the weekends that I'm not doing a show, I'm usually, you know, helping put on a tournament or 
some type of charity work, whether it's supporting my girlfriends because they have um, kids events that they do and I do my own as well or women's events that I've started this year. So I just try to stay busy because I, I never want to get in this, the comfort of my own home where I don't want to come back out like a hermit because <laughs> I am an introvert. So I'm like, as long as I'm in the game and I'm doing something that I'm making a difference, then my fuel is on max and I'm good to go. Very yeah, that, that's that's a full schedule for sure. Mm-hmm. 35 is a lot. Um, let's talk a little bit about take me fishing. Can you, can you kind of tell the people at home maybe a little bit, um, what take me fishing does and cause that, that, I mean, as your social media manager for that, we kind of had this talk a little bit the other day when you're passionate about something, it means so much more. Like if the three of us were to be, social media managers at a bank we would be bored to death with that but something like take me fishing seems to fit what you are about very much so can you kind of elaborate on what that is and how how it fits into your everyday so i like working for take me fishing for a multitude of reasons but for me it's reminding myself of where I came from every day, you know, like it gives me the opportunity to introduce the outdoors to someone or to guide them, even if they've, you know, always fished for bass, but now they want to switch to a different species or they've always rigged it this way because that's how their family taught them. And now we're posting a blog or we have another influencer that shot a video. Um, kind of like, I, I like to play on like the North South way of doing things. Um, you know, when they post their videos and do things, then someone asks a question like, hey, you know, like, I want to try that. How do I go about it? I can connect them. So Take Me Fishing is an amazing resource for anyone who's looking to find a place to go boating or fishing, or if they want tips and tricks on the blog, or if they're looking to connect with other women um, through the Wave Makers program. There's just so many things that they offer. And it's, it's empowering for me because it's always giving me an opportunity to create that handshake, to get people in the outdoors, to get people learning and loving the same thing that I'm very passionate about every day. That's awesome. Well said. So take me fishing. If I get on take me fishing, like how does it work? Like if I'm, if I'm new and I want to get on there, what, what's the resources available to me? Is somebody going to come take me fishing? (laughs) not necessarily (laughs) um but there is like if you go on the take me fishing i think it's dot org don't quote Mm -hmm. me on that but uh, when you go on their website they have yeah they have an interactive map um i think fish brain is the one who does it um where you can click on type in your address and it'll show you all the places that you can go boating and fishing which is one avenue of how they do the resource number two is if you go into the blog and you type in like hey i want to learn how to do i don't know bass fishing or kids fishing tips if you're a single parent or parents just now learning how to take their kids fishing there's all kinds of tips and tricks and how to's on there they also have a youtube channel with pretty detailed instructions on how to tie things Um, what to use and how other influencers are getting women involved in the outdoors and their kids. 
That's Very awesome. Cool. Yeah. I've always followed it. I've never, I don't guess I've ever gotten too deep into it, which is terrible to say because I know they do good things. I'm going to pop the website up there now. Look at us go. We're getting all into this screen sharing, Zach. High tech rednecks in a row. We're high tech rednecks. So just the just a quick cruise through from TakeMeFishing.org, so you guys can kind of see what it's about. Different types, how to fish, um, getting started boating, fly fishing. It is really a great resource uh, as far as what they do, and they've been around now for how many years? Long time. I yeah, I don't even I don't remember. See- but I know it's been a long time. <laughs> it has been. So if you go to the corner in the right hand, probably in a bout section somewhere there. Now let me see here. Right there in the corner. So you can type up anything that you can possibly think of and they will pull it up and get you started. You can uh, click the register your boat too if you have questions about that, and it'll take you over to like the state agencies to figure out what the laws and regulations are for where you are located. So that's just some pretty awesome things that they're doing. They also have an opportunity where you can go fish at Disney. So for any of you that are going to like ICAST and want to go fish at Disney World, you can do that, which is pretty cool. I did it, and it was so much fun. It's a kind of a I hate to call it a bucket list, but it kind of is a bucket list. Kinda, I'll, be a Dis- I'll be at Disney in May, so mm-hmm. I'll just throw a rod in the suitcase. Disneyland. Disneyland. Disney World. <laughs> I'm not Disney going to World. California. No. It's a long way away to go to California. Well, technically, I am going to California the week before I go to Disney because I'm going to the Redding yeah. Trail Shoot. So, moving forward for Snooky, like, where do you see yourself moving forward i mean um what are some of the things that maybe you're hoping to do um for friends maybe initiatives that you have going on what are some of the ideas that you have in place that you want to or places that you want to get to i think for me um right now my main focus is going to be the women's events and then of course keeping up with the kids events i've got a kids event in October, I think it's October 12th, the Boy Scout camp here locally, um, just getting them out fishing, you know, giving the parents a break and letting them take home their fishing gear and hope that maybe mom and dad or brother or sister, whoever might take them out fishing and continue that. Um, that'll be in October. And then I have a couple of women's events coming up. I did one in November where I took a bunch of girls cat fishing with a local guide friend of mine just taught them, you know, like this is a catfish, everything basic 101 to getting up super early, going out and getting the shad to cutting it up, throwing it out, teaching them how to fish for them. Um, and just sharing the passion and the stories on the boat and seeing, you know, how that day impacted them. I've got another one coming up in April. It's already booked up. Um, we're going to try bow fishing because I've, I've played around with it with my guy friends, but I haven't done it on a professional level by any means. So it'll be exciting to go out with a guide to kind of learn how to do that and see if it's something that I want to start incorporating in in the future. But I think for me, like I said, it's just getting the women out and like making friends that have the same morals and values and love for fishing that I do and just seeing how that goes. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And my hat's off to you for being a leader 
in that space. I think it's and and a good example. Um, to be honest with you, I mean, you you've really shined all these years, and it's it's awesome to see you still growing and contributing to that. I I just I think that's amazing. I really appreciate it's that. Great. Some days it's you you look online and it's hard. It's like, do you really think you're going somewhere? Do you you know, social media is easy to put self doubt in, but I'm very blessed to have oh, yeah. what I have, and I'm very thankful for the friends that have stayed with me this whole journey. And I'm yeah. excited to see where it goes in the future and see what friendships I can make through fishing. Yeah, like anything, there's there's trolls and haters everywhere. It's it's good to have oh, yeah. someone out there taking the lead role and you know, helping shrink that barrier to entry for folks that, you know, want to get started in the outdoors, but don't really know anything about it or where to, where to kind of kick off their journey and, and get going or learn what they want to learn. As hokey as it sounds, you just have to remember that the stars still shine behind the clouds. You read that one in a fortune cookie? I like that. No, I'm just wisdom. I chat that into wisdom. Chatism. Check his hands for good. He was at Hallmark. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is Hallmark. I probably got a boycott or a yeah, copyright infringement coming. Copyright infringement. I'm getting one from Dave Mercer for the Brandon Polinick episode because I've called him the prodigy. So probably I just added to it right there. <laughs> but no, it, I think it's it's cool, and I think we all get down in that space. It's very easy to get down in that space because there is a lot of negative, and I think it's it's good to have friends and a that can shed a positive light and pick you up when you are having those down days, and you know that's something to hold on to as far as I think what any of us do in in the social space. Yeah, and I like to bring it up too. Oh, wait. I like to bring it up too because I feel like a lot of people see my social media and may not necessarily know. Like, I'm not going to post about all the arguments that I have or any, like, a lot of the negativity because I want to keep it very positive and respect it for the arguments and the politics that I might have with people behind the scenes. But it's like, mm-hmm. anytime there's negativity, I'm not like, I'll fight through it, but I want people to know that it's not all glorious on social media like it seems like, because I've had multiple to whatever, whatever that word is. I've had plenty of people reach out and be like, you know, I wish I had your life. You're so amazing. You have such a fun life. Like I have to work and do all this hard stuff and you don't. And I'm like, oh, okay. Thank you for the compliment, but let me work you through this because there is a lot of stuff behind the scenes that we don't always talk about. And that's everyone from high rank G man, you know, down to the little mm-hmm. snooky down here. You know, we all have our thing. And I just, I like to remind people of that. I think oh, yeah. This is a, this is a great question to segue into that. Cause I know Zach and I spend a lot of time, but I, I think for you, it's, it's more important that the folks at home hear it from somebody like yourself, like your personal stuff, how much time and energy and passion do you put into your week as far as you're getting your content up and out and how much time do you spend like actually going out and creating a lot i honestly have never sat down and like timed myself by any means um but when i put my heart into something 
I'm going to make sure that I put it under a microscope and I look at those fine details. And I have so many times filmed something and then watched it back and been like, I hate this. I'm not, I'm not posting this. And just like cried oh, yeah. it out. And then been like, nope, get up on that horse. You got to go. You got to, you know, you have a deadline to do or you know that there's one person. If I only have 50,000 followers, if I just reach one person tonight and put a smile on somebody's face, then I did what I was supposed to do. You know, so a lot of times I spend more time than I probably should creating content because I have a lot of, uh, I guess, just, you know, perfectionist maybe is the right word for it. But um, definitely a lot of time put into it. You see a 10 second video and it might have taken me two hours to make that video, whether that's from start to finish of thinking the idea out, driving to the place, you know, the money that's involved to to get there mm -hmm. and buy the products or whatever I need to, to put it all together. And then I post it and it's over. It's almost, it reminds me of like Thanksgiving dinner, you know, when your mom <laughs> busts her butt in the kitchen for hours yeah. and then oh, everybody yeah. shows up and they like eat all the food in 10 minutes. And then you're just left with the dirty dishes and you're like, where did it all go? Like all that hard work. But that's, that's generally what I think of when I think of content creation. Yeah, no, oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially when it comes to, reels and and things of that nature it's youtube's a little different because it can still be discovered and you know pop up in search feeds and things like that but instagram it just seems to burn hot fast and then it's over and done with very much yeah, i have a love-hate relationship with <laughs> yeah 100 percent. just like it is amazing like how much time you can devote to something and when you get it done and it's gone and it's like, well, that sucks. And then you, you, I'm never happy with it. Like I'm happy with it for like all of three seconds. And then it's like, I release it, it's gone. Yeah. And then it's like, well, I screwed that up. <laughs> Do better on the next one. Yeah. But it's like the never ending to do to do list. It is. It really is. So content creation, like how much, like, do you sit down? We talked to Jose Baton, Baton Bougie um, with Cast King not too long ago in one of our episodes. And he was talking about his, he sits down with a piece of paper, like on Sunday and just starts or his phone and he just starts blowing out ideas. Is that something that you do too? Like, you just have like a think time where you sit down and you try to bust out a bunch of different ideas. So if you haven't figured it out already, I'm very ADD. I squirrel every like two hours, I swear, maybe even more. Um, so sitting down and having a designated time to actually write down my thoughts is not happening with me. It's just not how I work. Um, but I have been known in my sleep to lean over to like the nightstand and be writing halfway in my sleep ideas. And then I wake up and it doesn't make any sense because I'm writing in my sleep. But um, all jokes aside, I have a whole wall designated in my office on the other side of this laptop that's dry erase board, chalkboard. And I just, whenever I'm feeling it, I write it down. If it's something like I'm driving, I have plenty of videos on my phone where I just turn on the video and it's literally only filming the dash, but I'm talking and I'm telling my jokes or I'm telling my ideas or I'm, you know, reciting my to-do list for when I get home. It's just, that's just how my brain works. Um, especially with my migraines, like I 
want to dedicate to a, a typical schedule, but it just doesn't work with what I'm going through right now. So I have to kind of figure out where my to-do lists are and write them on the sticky note and just kind of like whenever I'm feeling good and everything's great and client work is done, then I can plug for my own brand. The whiteboard's good advice, the dry erase board. I need one of those, yeah. like a whole wall. Yeah, I, I, need a, I need a big one. Awesome. Yeah. I'm terrible about writing stuff down. Like I get in a good habit. And then I will write stuff down for a little bit. Like I've got a notepad behind me on my desk that sits in the background and it's got chicken scratches where I've actually thought out videos to the point I've thought out every scene and it's set there for quite a while, (laughs) (laughs) but I keep going back to the ideas. Do you ever feel like it's a new feel like they come fast like the ideas come faster than i can keep up with them a lot of times i think is the best way to put it like they're just so random and so quick and you know by the time i write something down i've already moved on to three other things yep and then for me sometimes like i have my days where i can eat the crap with the boys and like be funny and outgoing. And then there's other days where I'm like, I'm just not creative today. And if I try to recreate what I wrote down on Tuesday and Thursday, I'm on Thursday and I'm just feeling ugh, like it's not going to be the same delivery. So then I have yeah. to bank it for whenever I'm feeling vibrant again, which is, you know, it sounds silly, but it's very true. And I've talked to a lot of creators and they're like, yeah, if you're, if you're not feeling it, the delivery is not going to be the same. Yeah, those are good admin days. (laughs) Yeah, so talking about social media admin, since we're here, um, you know, one of the things that I think I struggle with the most, and I don't know about you two, but we can kind of get into this, writer's block. Like, I I can have the photo, and then I'll stare at it. And it's just like, I can't think of what I want to say, like, you, you feel almost like, especially when you're doing somebody else's and you're kind of advertising and doing different things, it's like, I feel like I'm saying the same thing over and over. I need something different. But then you're like, it causes like this funnel of writers, tunnel of writers blocking. It's hard to get out of. How do you guys get out of it? And you can both answer that question. <laughs> Let's go let her go first. Mark, you yeah, no, it <laughs> for tough. for me it's it's not so much even writer's block. It's it's more of the stage of life I'm in with the kids, the age they are. It's tough for me to get more than 10 minutes to focus on one thing without being interrupted right now. So for me it it's it's trying to get an entire idea like fleshed out and carried out start to finish without having to stop. 35 times between the start and finish and just kind of losing my, you know, the train comes off the track, so to speak. Um, Mm -hmm. it's just, I'm trying to be patient with it and just kind of not wish the time away, but just kind of work through the challenges I've got, you know, right now. Um, occasionally I'll get a a full day on a Saturday or something where I can kind of just bury myself down here in the back cave and knock a bunch of stuff out and, you know, I've got a couple projects coming up with um, some manufacturers this year where it's going to take it's going to take some dedicated 
uninterrupted time because I've got I've got a couple ideas going that I need to kind of storyboard out a little bit, but they're going to be a little bit more involved as far as number of shots. You know, I mean, it's going to be a 10 to 20 second reel like we've talked about, but it's going to take, you know, some hours of shooting and editing to, uh, to get it to the final stage. But as far as writer's block, I really haven't had to fight through a lot of that yet. You're lucky. Yeah. No, but good for you it. for like recognizing said as as a dad, like that you're not pushing the blame on the kids and that you're like, I you know, I don't by any means want to rush them growing up. Like good for you. Like that's that just shows what kind of person you are. Cause a lot of times they're I don't have kids by any means. I squirrel on my own. I don't need little rugrats running around <laughs> to distract me. I'm great at that by myself. But even with my dogs, like a lot of times my friends are like, you know, you pay so much attention to your dogs. Like, is it hard to work from home? And I'm like, yeah, but I've kind of figured out, like, you know, I'm not trying to just be like, oh, you know, go away. Like, you you don't do that with your kids. I've just figured out that sometimes when I have big projects, I got to take them to the farm and let them run for an hour or two and tire them out, give them a licky mat, put them in the corner and then you know, work overnight. And that has been a saving grace for me. It's been a little bit harder on my body and it's definitely helped me put a little bit of weight on eating at night and having a, a weird sleep schedule of sleeping all day and up all night, but almost like a night auditor it has helped me kind of tune into like not hearing the distractions of every day, whether that's my friends texting me, uh, my family calling me, you know, the mailman and the dogs are barking because somebody's here, like whatever the case may be, all those little day-to-day distractions have then been pushed to the side when I work overnight. And that has been really helpful to catch up on my crazy days. Yeah. I mean, keeping, keeping a night schedule like that when there are a lot less notifications coming in and a lot less distractions that, that would help the ADD a lot. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, kids are only little once, so you know, you've got to soak up all that time while you can. And the whole point of me kind of stepping into the digital marketing space and kind of recreating myself there, doing something entirely new that I, you know, I'd never really done before was I knew eventually they're going to both be in school and I want to be able to step back into a career from just being a stay at home dad. And, you know, I started that process a little early. I've got one in full-time kindergarten and one in preschool so I get a couple days a week where I've got a few hours of uninterrupted time and things like that. But it's, I mean, it's just, it's going to be busy with kids and it is, you know, just the way it is, but I'll eventually, you know, eventually they'll both be in school full time and I'll have all day every day. So I've just got to kind of work with what I got and just be patient. Yeah, that's, that's a good way to, that's a great answer. So have you guys used introduced any AI chat GPT into especially you think have you had to use any of that yet to kind of help grind through getting some social posting done and kind of used it to as a tool to help you reword? I tried it for about two weeks and I threw it through the window. <laughs> I didn't like it, honestly. And it might just be because I don't have enough experience with it, but I just felt like it wasn't my voice, even though, you know, like I, I tried to relate it and pick whatever tone I wanted and, you know, 
manipulate the, the app to like sound like me. I just didn't have the same vibe I felt like, and I have not yet right. used it for any client work. Um, I just, I know what their voice is and I can't expect a computer to be able to change that, I guess, you know, it just doesn't, it doesn't cheap. work for me, but that's not to say that it doesn't work for somebody else. It gets a little uh, too advertising, I think. Kind of takes the human element out. Yeah. Just a little. There's a lot of Everybody people using it. Yeah. I've not I've not shaken hands with the Terminator yet, so oh, I'm I still have. kinda I'm still kind of fighting that. Eventually I'll have to for, I'll have to dabble in it a little bit, but I've used it for brainstorming. Like when you go in and you get the, you know, five different ideas and different things like that, as far as right. like if you're going to write a paper or something, it'll kind of give you the, the value points on a topic, which is good. Um, I think there's, there's pros and cons to it all pros and cons, but it is the Terminator for sure. Uh, for sure. I saw Especially today, uh, Elon's Elon's first neural link test subject is, uh, through recovery and can control a mouse with their mind on the screen of their computer. I'm good. Thought it's, it's begun. I'm still working on the whole, uh, people wearing the, uh, Apple pro. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm past that. That's old news. <laughs> it's still funny. Still funny. Even if you, It'd be, it would be cool to edit photos on a giant screen in Lightroom through those goggles wow. though. I'd be into wow. that. Thanks. Okay. I feel like I feel like Iron Man for a minute, just like waving stuff all over. I'm already on my phone over. too much. I'm on my phone too much already. Um, <laughs> so, Snooky, we've taken up an hour and ten minutes of your time. I hope that you've had fun, and I hope that we can invite you back at some point down the road to kind of do a follow up conversation and check in with you. Um, that would be very awesome, but. As we kind of sign off here, I would like you to take the opportunity, number one, to tell people where they can follow you if they don't follow you already on the social media. Um, and then also thank those people that you need to thank that have supported you and made help make you um, or help take you on the journey that you're on. That's a lot of people. <laughs> I know I'm going to forget <laughs> somebody and that's going to bother me, but um, <laughs> we might have to like put it in the captions somewhere or in a comment. Um, but everything is under Snooky Fishing Online, whether that's Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. I think those, those are pretty much the ones I'm playing around with. YouTube shorts, trying to figure that out, but I haven't. I've only posted one. Not really sure what I'm doing with that yet. That's a whole new... Let's learn something new in 2024 kind of uh, to-do list type thing. But I think for thanking people, it would definitely start with my papa because my papa was the one who named me Snooky in 1988 when I was born. So my whole brand is based on every time someone says, hey, Snooky, at a boat ramp or a fishing show or wherever that may be, it's a reminder that he's, although he's not with me, he's not dead, you know. Um, and I don't want to cry because crying's not pretty with me, but, but <laughs> by any means, like, I think starting off with loving my family and being thankful that I have them and for them raising me to want to give to other people and showing me the power of what social media can do in a positive light and not a negative light. And then, of course, Bruce. Bruce has been by my side since day one. Bruce has seen me, whether I'm happy, sad, 
not doing okay, messing up, you know, whether I'm fishing for squirrels in the trees or hung up down in a log somewhere and constantly messing up. Like he's loved me through the thick and the thin. And I, that's just something that a girl could only pray for to have a friendship like that. So those are the ones that I really want to highlight. And of course I have my sponsors and all my online friends and my girlies who've stuck with me through everything through social media. So like I said, it's a long list and I'm so sorry if I forgot somebody, but you know, my heart's with you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And as always, uh, Zach and I would like to thank Jackson Kayak Ryan Coolers for uh, letting us do this podcast. It's been great. Um, thanks to Z Pro Lithium keeping us powered, Cascading Rods and Reels, um, Basco Fishing, Evolve Fishing. There's all kinds of stuff, all kinds of stuff. But yeah. thank you to all the people that helped make this podcast possible. We appreciate the heck out of you. And Snooky, thank you for being here tonight. Tell the folks at home. Tell them good night. Tell them to get lost. Tell them to beat it. However you want to. Take us out of here. <laughs> um, come take me fishing. That's what I'm going to tell them. Shoot me a DM and yeah. let's get out on the water. <laughs> there you guys have awesome. it. Get her up. Awesome. Let's go. Let's go fishing. We'll see you guys on the next one. Bye. Later. <laughs>